and welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you to live your life well. If you'd like to connect with us further, you can jump on our website at differentlight.com.au and click the connect button. Or could we encourage you to also support our work by clicking on the giving button. Thanks so much for listening. This morning right now, we are finishing a series called Culture Clash and I've enjoyed it. It's a really great series. It's really talking about how is it that we be a person of faith and live well in our current culture. Uh, the term culture clash can be a little bit like deceiving. You might think, oh, Josh is going to teach us how to uh, be abrasive to current culture and speak and yell out against it. Or uh, maybe we need to see ourselves as completely irrelevant uh, to current culture as well. No, this series is really just reminding us that there is a clash. And also a reminder as well that, uh, that we... When we live, we don't necessarily need to live patternistic to everybody else's lives, uh, that we live from a deeper sense of purpose uh, in our lives. And actually, when we do that, our lives become unshakable. They become attractive to others. They become purpose-filled and they become hope-filled as well. And we live with meaning, not without thought. And I've already been uh, praying, of course I would, over the last couple of weeks as I prepared this message Uh, that something that I would say, human Josh uh, says today, that you would find a new appreciation for God in your own life today. Uh, As we talk about, uh, as I share this morning, that it would unlock something, light up something, awaken something, uh, maybe a tightly held view that you've had, and that you have a deeper awareness of God working in and through your life, not just today, Uh, but every single day of the week. And as we think about uh, this or that or cultural clash, uh, actually the church in Rome uh, was also playing a game of this or that too with slightly bigger cultural consequences than what we did just then. They were torn between new Christianity emerging amongst the Gentiles or people that weren't uh, from Jewish uh, heritage or they were torn between that or the established Jewish cultures of the church that were around for a while. They were divided on this or that. And one of the main purposes of the letter of Romans, which we've been talking a lot about over the last couple of weeks, was this letter from uh, the Apostle Paul to help unify the church for a modern society. And at the time, that's what Rome was. The unifying glue that Paul was talking about that brings the church together you know, is always and always will be love through Christ Jesus and what he has achieved on the cross through restoration and forgiveness. Paul brought up real matters of salvation. It wasn't necessarily these types of things, but real matters of salvation. He brought up uh, rituals uh, around traditions around the church, describing expressions of love, and also talked about this concept, which we meant, uh, spoke about a couple of weeks ago, which is that the church should be seen as a body. And that every part, every person has a part to play. No one more important than the other. And actually when spiritual gifts uh, rise and get used, uh, the church is built up in an encouraging way. And I just find uh, Romans, the book of Romans, staggeringly relevant to 2023, isn't it? Which is either encouraging for us because we're going to get something out of it today or it's just depressing because we haven't moved too much beyond uh, ancient Rome. But God has a vision uh, for his church uh, to be a unified group of people, a multi-ethnic community from all walks of life accepted and invited. And when I think about those types of vision that God has for a church, 
uh, our hope here at Lighthouse is God's vision would also be like that here, a multi-generational, every age and stage from zero to 90. I love that we have that here at Lighthouse. All cultures represented. I know we've got over 50 nationalities represented here at Lighthouse. No socioeconomic divide. You can be here uh, if you're a CEO of a company and you can be here if you don't have a roof over your head tonight. Lighthouse is a place that you can be a church that God wants is one that unifies people through love, restoration and forgiveness. And Paul brought this perspective of a church, which again is important for us, that uh, this type of church operates on like the precipice of its local community. It's within touching distance of its local community. And that's us, fully integrated, accessible to all. And that's why this book and the words I'm going to share and this series is like a bedrock of our DNA here at Lighthouse. But Romans chapter 12, verse 1. says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Pretty uh, dangerous scripture uh, because uh, it's one that many of us here would would know and and don't worry if you don't know it, uh, we're going to unpack it as well. And often when we know a scripture so well, we go, oh yeah, heard it, got it, yep, good, yep, no worries, I love this one. Uh, But we can just breeze right past that. And I love to experience things like in a little bit of a deeper, look at it from a a different angle, uh, experience new things in a broader and deeper way. And that's what we're going to do with this scripture today. So when a scripture starts with therefore, uh, a little tip when you're reading it, it's always a good uh, question to go, what's it there for? That's why why that uh, word exists. What is this there for? What comes before here? that this is now here for, so we know what we're about to hear next, so it, it makes sense from here. And a couple of things uh, you know, to note, as it says there, it says that it's in view of God's mercy. And if we summarise uh, chapters 1 to 11, I know this is an over-summarisation, over-generalisation, but really chapters 1 to 11 of Romans essentially is about God's mercy on, for our lives. If we were to package it all up, that's what that's about, yeah, and uh, Paul starts with, therefore, in view of all that, here's what we should now go and do about that. Uh, uh, Andy mentioned last week, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 32 to 39, a part of it says that nothing in, all, uh, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this idea of God's mercy on our life bringing us together, that there's no separation in relationship if we believe in him, uh, is what we now need to live our life about because that's in view of God's mercy. And 11, chapters 11 and 12 in Romans are kind of like this tipping point. They're like on the, uh, the cusp of uh, saying what has been said before, but now it gets to some practical actions. And essentially that's what that scripture is summarised to. It's Paul saying, now that we know all that, here's what we're going to go and do about that. And I'm going to touch on three words out of that scripture, uh, which I think uh, help us live that practical life of faith uh, in current culture, but living with God's kingdom culture. And the next scripture highlights those, and it's the same scripture, but these words are mercy, sacrifice, and worship. I'm just going to surround or explore these words uh, for the rest of my message. And And again, you might be thinking, ah, that's boring. Like, I know what they are already. Like, yeah, mercy, that's, that's, um, like, that's what Mother Teresa does, you know. That's mercy, sacrifice. It's like doing something 
hard that you don't want to do and it costs you something and worship is like is like the, the third song we sung today before you know, Rach came up and shared something. That's, that's worship, we know that. But uh, we'd be skimming the surface in a big way if that's what we thought these thirds meant in relation to living it out in our current culture. But mercy uh, is not something necessarily we do, although it is something we should do, but it is something first given by God. Mercy is a gift given by God. Our life needs to be in view of God's mercy. Don't confuse this, of course, with having to achieve God's mercy. By the way, we live, everything we intend to do is a response. And mercy is even a bit different to God's grace. It doesn't say in light of God's grace. It says in light of God's mercy. And we can often use the two interchangeably, and that's okay. They're not a big difference, but I like to, if you're wondering the difference, I like to think of them like uh, grace is like, uh, gets you through a door into a room that you don't deserve to be in, and mercy is like the thing that keeps you in the room uh, that you don't deserve to be in. So it's in light of this sort of continual mercy that God offers us uh, that we now need to live our life. And mercy is described all throughout the Bible. One of my favourite places is where it is described is in Lamentations chapter 3, verse 3, and it says, The faithful love of the Lord never ends. His mercies never cease. Great is his faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh every morning or each morning. There's this continual mercy uh, that God offers us that never ends, but also uh, it starts again every single morning. It's like this little paradox uh, that I love about God. And I need to remind myself, and I do regularly of this scripture, and also it's one that I love to remind my uh, kids with as well, that without God, there's always a fresh start. There's always a fresh start uh, when it comes to God's mercy. And I, and I don't know if I'm drawing too much of a, uh, a thread here, but I like to think the writer put the idea that the mercies renew each morning because uh, if you're like me, in the morning you just, you just wake up, you haven't done anything wrong or right, you just open your eyes. Uh, and that's when God's mercies start afresh. It doesn't say God assesses you at the end of the day and uh, works out whether you're going to get his mercy or not. It starts afresh. Every morning we don't get to earn it, we can't achieve it, uh, and it's God's mercy in our life uh, that, that we do just when we wake up. If you're like me, you probably don't think a lot about uh, God's mercy a lot. You, know, you might think about it if you've had like a near miss or something like you know, had a different outcome that was dramatically different uh, to the way that you thought it was going to be. And these things are good reminders of God's mercy, but actually God's mercy should be something we remind ourselves of daily. If you're a person of faith uh, here today, you, you probably would know or think, oh, I've been forgiven. God has forgiven me. But if you're like me, sometimes we can subtly overestimate our goodness in that arrangement. And then suddenly, like, underestimate how much it is we've been forgiven or how much mercy God has given us. And it's important for us just to imagine that or grapple with that uh, for a moment. I mean, let your minds uh, imagine uh, for a moment how much God didn't have to do what he did. Like, he didn't have to do what he did. He didn't have to send his son, but uh, he wanted to. He really wanted to for you and for me. I mean, take a moment, too, to explore the outcome if he didn't send out son, what was our future then? Like just let your mind sort of wander about, well, if, G if God didn't send his son uh, for love, restoration, forgiveness for my life, what was my future? And just start to imagine how dark or impossible that would be or how much we'd have to strive in our life or whatever else it is. 
Uh, but because of what God's done, it just deepens our sense of wonder around God's mercy, brings it to a whole another level. You know, when mercy, uh, or when God, sorry, gets uh, debated in public circles or in current culture, uh, or even if you, you know, some, like who reads controversial posts, but then you go read all the comments? Uh, you know, I do that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, a few of you. Uh, uh, and so I do this. And often what you find when God's being debated in the public circle, there's these whimsical or throwaway lines that are often uh, there. And they sometimes go things like this. What type of God just lets that happen? Or if that's who God is, I don't want anything to do with him. And I can understand how people can uh, subscribe to that thought, and I've often even sometimes been there myself (laughs) and thought that about God. But actually when we grapple with God's mercy in a deeper level and we start to explore uh, some of the things that I've just mentioned, uh, and we deepen our gratitude, actually we can start to flip some of those phrases. Don't do it on social media. Uh, But we start to flip some of those phrases, even in our own mind first, to say say things like, what type of God does that for me? Or if that's who God is, I want my whole life to be about him. That's a person that is uh, living with this sense of, I understand God's mercy in my life. Or living with, in view of God's mercy, uh, that's who he is. And when we live from a place of that, man, I don't deserve any of this. It frames our motivations and our sense of entitlement to a far healthier place. And when we live in view of God's mercy, we actually make our life not about what we want, Uh, which uh, can be the overall subscribing thought of our current culture, but actually about what God wants. Which brings me to the next word there, which is uh, sacrifice. And in this case, it's uh, talked about as living, which is the continual intent or the intent uh, with the way that we offer our lives. And again, sacrifice, you might be like, ah, sounds really hard. Uh, Isn't that about killing animals? Uh, or something like that, or is this going to cost me something? And I understand, again, it's very natural to get, uh, with that, to get to that place. Sacrifice is usually referred to as death, a once-off event. But this once-off event in this context, or in all of our contexts, has already happened. Uh, this sacrifice has already happened. It's called Jesus Christ defeating death and living again. And everything we do... Uh, and, uh, or intend to do needs to be viewed with that ultimate sacrifice in mind, one that we can't repeat, one that we shouldn't ask God to keep repeating. Uh, and when we live with this idea of uh, that we're a living sacrifice, it's like this paradox to be embraced. That it's not a once-off thing that I do, but a living sacrifice is a continual thing that I offer to God. The sacrifice of the body has nothing to do with uh, how hard we train our body or even our bodily looks. Or, you know, uh, did anyone watch the, like, the State of Origin on Wednesday? And, uh, you know, the commentators often, uh, commentators often say, oh, guys, they're just sacrificing their bodies out there. They're just leaving it all out on the field out there. Well, at least one team did anyway. So, uh, <laughs> uh, but and not, that I can, not that I'd do any better. But, uh, you know, that's not the type of uh, sacrifice uh, that... Uh, Paul's talking about here as well. Rather, although you can honour God, of course, uh, with those actions, but rather it's just talking about the body as a whole. It's it's actions. It's intent, uh, which our body includes our heart and our mind and our soul. And that's how uh, the writings get to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul and your mind when we're that living sacrifice. 
Uh, when we do that first for God, that makes it not easier, but you can see the flow and effect on how we can love uh, others as ourselves. And the thing with uh, the word offer, it's uh, we offer it all. It's not like pieces of uh, the sacrifice. Actually, part of the word, if you look into it, offer is about you offering it all. Uh, there's a little story that I like to uh, think about. It sounds like a joke and it's not, but there's like a chicken and a pig and they're uh, walking down They're walking down a road. Okay, it is. You laughed. And uh, the chicken and pig are walking down the road and they see a sign for a community breakfast and the community breakfast is asking for uh, donations of food. And the chicken looks at the pig and says, oh, uh, the chicken looks at the pig and says, I'm going I'm to bring some eggs. How about you bring the bacon? So it's this, uh, So one is sacrificing a piece of something and one is, well, being forced to sacrifice it all. And to offer is to give it all. Some of you, some of you are still like capturing up and that's okay, I'll get it. Uh, but this, it's not pieces. Our culture actually likes to segment things uh, in, into different categories, doesn't it? This is my social time. This is my family time. This is my sleep in morning. This is my me time. This is my fitness time. And we can even say, oh, this is my God time. Uh, But actually, when we do those things, and again, there's nothing wrong per se with any of those things and spending time on all those things. But actually, if uh, if we're always on God time. When When we are a living sacrifice and we offer these things that I've just mentioned to him. And this is where I find the message version helpful. Uh, for Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, uh, so here's what I want you to do, which, by the way, I always find helpful in the Bible uh, when something starts like that. It's like, great, you know. Nothing confusing here. Here's what I want you to do. Just tell me what you know, I, need, you know, I need to do. God helping you uh, take your everyday, ordinary life, you're sleeping, you're eating, going to work, you're walking around life and place it before God as an offering. You can add in your fitness time, your sleep time, your God time, your me time, your family time. Uh, and embracing what God does for you is the best thing uh, that you can do for him. I'm trying to get uh, myself, because I prepared this message first to understand, but then all of us, uh, that a living sacrifice, our intent with our life, is not just moments. It's a lifestyle uh, that we offer to God that says, in everything that we do, I live for God. And that's when our adoration for God, like the, the times where we you know, raise our hands and say, God, I really love you, moves from not just that, but also to actions. And it's when our belief in God, we talked about that last week, like the things that we know about the Bible, we learn about the Bible in our connect group, that's when our belief in God actually starts to translate into behaviours. And that's when the principles that we talk about here on Sunday and uh, that, you know, that we, we prepare and we equip you throughout the week, that's when these principles start to move into practices. So often we want, all of us would say, even at the beginning of the year or even you know, halfway through the year, we're like, I just want my life to change. But uh, when we start with, in view of God's mercy first, we offer intent with our life of the things that we know about God's mercy, actually that's a far healthier place to see change in your life rather than just trying to pot shot at different uh, behaviours to get them sorted uh, as well. So starting with God first starts to move our, uh, deepen our sense of appreciation for him 
and starts to move and flow into actions, behaviours and practices. Which brings me to the last word, which is, uh, which is worship. And worship is our uh, response to what we value most. Worship is like a, a verb. It's a, it's a doing word. We don't attend a worship service or a worship gathering. Uh, you can think it, but don't say it. We can say it, but don't say it to me. Like, oh, the worship really didn't do anything for me today. Have you ever heard anyone say that? Uh, Uh, yeah, worship is not a song or it's not a service that we attend. Uh, you can't boil worship down to an hour here in this building. Uh, there's 168 hours in the week. Worship is a verb. Worship is our response to what we value most. And here's where the culture clash uh, will come. And the band can start to come up as well. Culture will endeavour, uh, endeavor, current culture, if we just get blown around by the breeze, will endeavour to lessen our impact by throwing us into multiple directions, valuing all sorts of things. And I can live like that as well, but I often have to come back to the fact that I don't please man, my life wants to please God. Galatians 1 chapter 10 says this very clearly, it says obviously I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. Uh, but if pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Again, so it starts with obviously, I'm always picking on the first words here, but obviously. So it's obvious that our life is not trying to win the approval of people. I can be a bit of a people pleaser and sometimes it's obvious that I can do that as well, but I, um, uh, I want a life that pleases God, not just pleases people. It doesn't mean we can be unfriendly to people. Uh, it doesn't mean we should be rude to people, but ultimately when it boils down to it, I want the trail of my time, my energy, my money, uh, the... Th- uh, the things that I spend my time on, uh, to the trail of that, I want to find out what it is that I value most. And this is really challenging. It's even why I'm stumbling over it because I want to get it right. Because I recognise even though that I'm not there yet. And I can even tell in my own life though, I'm trying to grapple with this sense of like, I want my life to be about God, but it's so easy, isn't it? Uh, to just get caught up in all sorts of things. Even today, you're probably thinking, oh, I, I want to live for God. But then Wednesday morning, you can wake up and it's just so easy to get caught up uh, in things. And I'm grappling with this tension uh, because I really want to live for God. Not that I ever didn't, but I'm just getting this new sense of appreciation for him uh, when I think about God. I can even tell my own life, and I can't even fully articulate it yet, but that's okay. I had to preach today, so uh, I'm giving you the half-baked articulation of it. But it's just like this grunt in your life that goes, just there's something more to this. And this, this life has to mean something. Are you, are you with me on this? Sometimes we just get a gut full of like, uh, you know, I don't want this to be purposeless. And I don't want my life to be wasted. I know many people here would agree with me on that. And I'm in this season too that this, this God just never ceasing to amaze me. And I know we're, we're, we're going into a new series in the next uh, couple of weeks as well, talking about dry July, uh, which is not about like staying alcohol off July. Uh, but actually, like sometimes through the middle of the year, we can just get a little bit dry, can't we? And uh, we can lose sight of some of the tried and true spiritual principles that warm us up at this time of year. But I want, our, uh, I want my life to uh, amaze 
I want our life to mean something. And I'm just finding God's never ceasing to amaze me. When we get into this space, people's approval, the things of the world, our deepest insecurities do start to fade and become less important. I've talked a bit about social media today and you saw um, Stephen Renee choose between Facebook and Twitter, but do you ever on like Instagram or Facebook, do you see those uh, appreciation posts? You know, like people are like, oh, they put it in bold, like appreciation posts. And uh, it's usually about like a someone or something. And um, it's a bit sickening actually because a lot, <laughs> some people go like over the top, you know, like they, they're doing it all the time, like to their husband or their wife, like, oh, that's so amazing. Or there's, and when I read that, like, if it's not their birthday or like an anniversary or a, um, or, a, or they've won the Olympic gold medal, uh, just, I just think, just tell them at home. Let's tell them at home. And we can start to, but yeah, we can have these big uh, appreciation posts and, uh, and also we can, be, we can appreciate people and things. But I just had the thought, you know, when's the last time that we've just told God how much we appreciate Him? You, you, know, don't, you put it on social media if you like, but actually just tell Him. Why don't you stand to your feet for a moment as well? Because I reckon He'd love to hear from you. And I think it does His soul good to tell Him now and again as well. The flip side is that when we make our uh, day every, when we make everyday life worship, I also think like there's this two-way street to it too. Uh, when we live our life in a life of worship, actually God's smiling at you as well. So when we're telling Him how much we appreciate Him, He's also smiling at the way that you live your life when you're living it for Him. So often we can get this sense, can't we, that uh, God's grumpy and He's a little bit uh, upset with us and He's standing there at the end of the day with a bit of a mark book and saying, oh, He screwed that up or He didn't do that too well. But how often do we subscribe to the concept that actually God's so pleased with you and He's smiling at you probably more than you think. Culture would tell you He's grumpy and He's distant and doesn't care. He's old-fashioned, He's fictional. Uh, But I just think about even people here, like when you're running your business and you're doing it for God and you uh, do it with kingdom principles and you want it to mean something, you're not just doing it to buy the next thing or to build a kingdom unto yourself. When you do, when you run a business like that, and I know we have many people, God's smiling at you. He's smiling. And when you parent your children, you just disciple them at home and you teach them about the Bible and that you, you, uh, they ask you a big question, you take a bit of time with them. God's smiling at you in that moment. You're worshipping God as a parent. I know we've got so many wonderful uh, grandparents here as well that just take such care and attention, not just with their own grandkids, but with all the, you know, the kids around here at Lighthouse as well. When you do that, God's smiling at you. When you, when you love your wife or your husband or you, uh, you, you serve someone in your community, God is smiling at you. I love this quote. It's uh, from Eric Liddell, who many of you would know from uh, the movie Chariots of Fire. And it says, I believe that God made me for a purpose, but He also made me fast. And when I run, I feel His pleasure. I want to encourage you actually as you appreciate God this week in all sorts of ways, every single everyday ways. You start to see and deepen your sense of mercy uh, of, of that He's given you. You also on the flip side, see that He is smiling at you as well. 
Thank you for listening to the Lighthouse Podcast. We hope this message brings inspiration and encouragement to your day. If you want to check out any of our other podcasts or the work that we do or when and where we gather, jump on our website at differentlight.com.au. Catch you later.